look like a shadow. When I got to the room, it was empty, and David was behind me, chasing that same shadow. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is my paranormal story. Before I start this episode, I want to thank you for listening. And if you really like my stories and would like to show your support, you can buy me a coffee. Just go to the website, buymeacoffee.com slash myparanormal, and you can literally buy me a coffee. And hopefully, the caffeine will help me with making more episodes real soon. Thanks again for your support. During my time as a paranormal investigator, I spent many a night surveying private homes, exploring historic locations, collecting data in old theaters, museums, castles, and even forts. But I've learned you always find the most paranormal activity in the places you least expect it. Occasionally, we would get requests to investigate places of business. Usually they'd be old mills or small old gift shops. But one time back in 2010 or so, two women who worked in a large office building contacted Rise Up Paranormal about the activity they and their co-workers were experiencing in their workplace in Barrington, Rhode Island. Barrington is a coastal town on Narragansett Bay just southeast of Providence, bordering the state of Massachusetts. It was mostly a fishing and farming town until the mid-1800s, when several brickyards were built, and that attracted more workers and more residents to the area. In the 1900s, Barrington became known as a great place to raise a family, and more and more homes and businesses and schools were built. Today, with a population of over 16,000, they're nationally known for their school system. In fact, the business we would end up investigating is built inside of a former brick school building. Unfortunately for privacy concerns and Rise Up's policy of confidentiality, I can't say the name of the business or where it's located or even, or even which school it used to be. But let's just say our research turned up some interesting history in the building and on the land. The office building is quite large. It's a brick building that still looks like the old school, but on the inside, it had been completely remodeled. It has two floors with several different businesses inside. And the women we were contacted by worked on the second floor on one side of the building. But they said that workers from other offices in the building had also had experiences there. Our first investigation there was on a Saturday night. The entire building was empty and we would be spending most of our time in the offices they worked in. Walking up the stairs in the hallway up to the second floor, 
definitely gave you a feeling of being back in school again, trudging up the cement stairs, holding onto the metal railings. The hallway doors were heavy, with small vertical windows like you'd see in a school. But everything else felt modern and up-to-date. As we walked into their office space, the first room we encountered was a small lobby slash waiting room. It had a small couch, some chairs, a table with some magazines on it, and the walls that didn't have filing cabinets in front of them were decorated with generic pictures and plants. You know, your typical office waiting area. Now attached to this room was a hallway that stretched down the middle of the building with doors on both sides leading to several different offices and a conference-slash-break room. The offices were all about the same size, but they all had their own personalities. Each one had its own configuration of desks and tables and filing cabinets, and they were all decorated to the user's tastes, right down to personal touches like family photos and even the paint on the walls. The conference room had a large table with eight or ten chairs around it and a counter against one wall with a fridge, microwave, and coffee machine. And this room, for some reason, still had some of the old charm from the school, with some of the original brickwork and wooden beams still visible as part of the design. The rest of the building, though, was just a typical office space type of business. And I imagine the rest of the building was similar to this space but we didn't have access to those areas, just this one. Overall, from the looks of it, this seemed like a nice, comfortable place to work. The last place I'd ever expect to experience paranormal activity. We set up our usual infrared cameras and night shot camcorders to record video, and audio recorders to capture any sounds, and we all took turns setting off to different rooms to see what we could experience. One of the common themes to many of the experiences they reported to us was that of a little boy. Several workers had claimed to have heard a little boy's voice in the hallways and in their offices. And a couple of the workers had even claimed to see shadows that resembled a little boy. The first area we decided to investigate was the main hallway. A few of us were sitting and standing in the hallway conducting an EVP session, hoping to capture audible responses to our questions on the audio recorder. When suddenly, I saw someone walk across the hallway from the waiting room into a storage room. It looked like a black shadow. And at first I thought, it must be David. David DaCosta is one of the co-founders of Rise Up Paranormal, and I knew that he was at that end of the building so I decided to walk down there just to check. And when I got to the end of the hallway, I saw David walking towards the storage room too. He saw the same shadow I did. And when we both went into the room, there was no one in there. Just a bunch of boxes, filing cabinets, old office furniture, no other way in or out. But we were both convinced that we saw someone or something walk into that room. Naturally, we decided to do an EVP session in that room, but we didn't come up with anything until later when we reviewed audio. I had left a recorder in that room for the entire night and it captured some strange sounds 
It almost sounded like someone was whispering as they were walking past the recorder. I can't make out what it is saying, but you can hear the investigators in the background down the hallway. Here's the recording. Give it a listen. The waiting room didn't have too many claims of activity, but we decided to set up a recorder in there anyway. Outside of the shadow that David and I had seen, there hadn't been much activity in that room. At least we didn't think there was. Now I wish we had conducted an EVP session in there, because we did catch a clip of audio from that waiting room. It's a little distorted from the filtering of the audio, but it definitely sounds to me like the voice of a little boy singing nearby. Give it a listen. As the investigation continued, we went from room to room conducting EVP sessions while always having video and audio going in the other rooms. The big conference room was our home base, like central command. It was basically where we kept all the monitors and equipment, and we'd all take turns sitting at the table watching the camera feeds, taking notes, keeping track of where everyone is, standard stuff. But even though this was the room we were working from and wasn't being investigated, we still had a recorder going in the room, just in case. And I'm not sure which of us was sitting in there alone watching the monitors at the time of this recording, but this was the audio that we captured on the recorder in that room. Now that's gotta be one of the most interesting EVPs I've ever heard, to be honest. Here it is one more time. From our determination, the hallway of the office suite was the most active but the activity in the building was certainly not limited to any one area. And there's no way of knowing what was causing the activity, but most of it certainly does seem to be of a little boy trying to communicate, or at least trying to coexist in the building. All night long, all of us, we kept seeing things out of the corner of our eye or thinking we were hearing voices around us. I can't imagine what it's like to work there. Anyway, there's one last piece of audio that always gives me goosebumps. On this one, you can hear a couple of investigators on tape just talking to each other in the main hallway. Obviously, they didn't hear this voice as it was happening. But on the recording with them, it sounds like a little boy is saying something. And I've listened to this audio at least a hundred times. I've used different filters and amplifications, and I'm convinced this is a little boy saying, get out. Give it a listen. Are you related or are you just... Oh, my dad. That's your father? It's dad, yeah. I'm going into this. Here it is, one more time. Are you related or are you just... Oh, my dad. That's your father? It's dad, yeah. I'm going into this.
My Paranormal Story is written, produced, and narrated by me, Tom Stewart. Music from this episode, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. If you enjoy my stories and would like to support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash myparanormal, or just click on the donate button on my website at myparanormalstory.com. I also have t-shirts and coffee mugs for sale. Unfortunately, podcasts cost money and your support helps me keep this podcast running. So thank you for your support. Please don't forget to subscribe so you'll know when I've added new episodes. And feel free to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for My Paranormal Story. If you have a podcast and you'd like to have me as a guest, or if you'd like to ask me a question or tell me your paranormal story, you can email me at myparanormalstorypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is My Paranormal Story. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.